The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. A sexual predator, an alcoholic, a big spender, Monsignor Thomas John Capel, born in Waterford in 1836, was all of the above. Uh, Una O'Hagan and the late Colm Keane's book The Monsignor, The Man, His Mistresses and the Missing Money chronicles the life and times of an extraordinarily complex character who came from little or nothing, rose to fame as a celebrity preacher and fell from grace into financial ruin. What a story. Una O'Hagan, good morning and welcome. Good morning. That's a great introduction, Pat. It was extraordinary. Now, tell us how you and Colm uh, found this story. We came across him when we were writing a book on Lourdes and Monsignor Capel actually met St. Bernadette. So when we were doing the research on that particular story, we kept coming across these mysterious references to his disgrace, to scandal, women, drink, money. And you know Colm. He and I looked he at each other. He sniffed a good story and there. said, there's got to be something here. And there was. And there was. Now, let's start at his beginnings. I mean, later mm-hmm. on, he... Uh, didn't advert to his birth in Ireland, but he was born in Ireland. Oh, he was. He was born in Ardmore, 1836. His father was John Capel, an Englishman, a member of the Coast Guard who was stationed there. And his mother was Mary Fitzgerald from nearby Whiting Bay. Uh, She was the daughter of a farmer. And they stayed in Ardmore for a number of years and then followed John Capel's job around the south coast of England. But it became very clear very early on that Thomas John Capel was an extraordinary young man, very gifted, very bright. So very intelligent, Mm -hmm. as it happened, also very handsome. Oh, he was extremely good looking. He was tall. He was described as being as tall as a grenadier. He had blue grey eyes, perfect teeth, a sparkling smile and charismatic. He kind of reminds me in a way of maybe one or two American presidents who had this, you know, ability to kind of bewitch women. But behind all that... We're talking about Kennedy and Clinton. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But behind all that, he was uh, ambitious, manipulative, at times cruel. And I actually don't think he had a conscience, which is saying something Mm -hmm. for a Catholic priest. uh, How was he cut out for the cloth? I think it, well, his mother was very religious. His older sister became a nun. So there was a religious atmosphere in the house. It was also a way that he could get an education because they were very, very poor. And so he used this to pull himself up by his bootstraps. But there was no doubt that he was absolutely unsuited to it. Now, he made a great success of his preaching. That was the churches were absolutely packed, standing room only. Um but he just, uh, oh, and his other uh, great ability was to convert um, members of the British aristocracy to Catholicism. That made him very popular with the Vatican and he became a Monsignor as mm-hmm. part of that. And obviously mixing in the right circles. Oh, totally. I mean, he, his greatest coup was when he managed to convert the richest man in the world, the Marquis of Butte. Uh, I mean, he... he He was the Elon Musk of the day or those Mm. kind of people. Now, presumably when he converted all of these people, Mm. it was to uh, kind of a virtuous Catholicism. Meantime, (laughs) his own Catholicism (laughs) was uh, stretching things a bit. Yeah, I mean, the amount of affairs that we came across and the complaints that were made to his boss. By this stage, he'd ended up in Kensington. His boss was Cardinal Manning. I mean, there was the three-year affair with the governess, uh, an affair he began in a confessional 
One of my favourites is Mrs. Emily Louisa Bellew, a widow, and she was having a very difficult time dealing with the death of her husband. She goes to him for, you know, spiritual guidance. He offers to give her a lift from his very swanky home in Kensington to her place in Earl's Court, and their affair begins in a hansom cab and goes on for three years. I mean, you just couldn't make it up. Now, he (laughs) operated both above stairs and below stairs. He did. And this woman's maid, believe it or not, he he went after her. He tried to seduce her. And there's a great story of how he would, because they... Mrs. Bellew moved to be nearer to her lover, Monsignor Capel. And then when he would call into her house, he would turn to the maid on the QT and say, where's your bedroom? How can I get in? He would invite her under false pretenses to his house. And he, the one night she uh, arrived, he was there. He, she noticed he hadn't got any boots on, so he didn't make any noise, told her to hold up her skirts. But in a way, she was his downfall because she gave evidence against him. She couldn't stand him, wasn't afraid of him. And he, she was real trouble for him. So, so tell me how he got his comeuppance. I mean, there were complaints, but were the complaints initially disregarded? Totally. Uh, the very first one that we came across, um, the, the two sisters, they complained about him acting immodestly towards them. Uh, Cardinal Manning did nothing. Well, he did. What he did was he called Capel in and said, did you do this? Capel said no. End Manning, of story. Thank end, you. end of story. But about seven or eight years later, there were so many scandals going on in terms of women, money, drink, you name it. Capel was at it, was at it. that Cardinal Manning, literally, he couldn't hold back the tide anymore. And he set up a a commission of inquiry, top secret. Everybody who took part in it was sworn to secrecy and they found him guilty of, um, you know, misbehaviour with three women in in particular. Uh, And they decided, right, we don't want him in the Diocese of Westminster anymore. Please go to America. Now, and that's where he finished it. Eventually, his after day. fighting it. But the, there were fears that um, it could bring down the church. Well, I mean, was, such was the nature of this scandal. So enormous. So enormous was the scandal and so much hostility was there towards the Catholic Church in Britain at the time. I mean, when Capel converted the Marquis of Butte, the Marquis of Butte was known as the noble pervert because it was seen as perversion to convert to Catholicism. That's the level of hostility you're talking about. Now, we mentioned the women. Um, He was a martyr to the drink as well. Oh, he was, absolutely. The drink and the money. And he liked the finest things in life. He liked expensive drink. How did he extort money from the women? (laughs) He would... um, he would get very close to them. And if you had, hadn't money, he would say to you, well, do you have any nice jewellery? So you'd give him a valuable ring. Or um, he would ask if you could borrow money. Or if you were wealthy, uh, he would ask you to, you know, give him money in, in your will. And there was one poor woman who was extremely wealthy, died very young. I remember we got her death certificate and it showed that she had died of exhaustion from morphine. So she was a drug addict. She, he got vulnerable women and he, he just got the money out mm. of them. But as I say, in terms of the drink, just he, he went bankrupt, right, for the equivalent of three million pounds in today's money, <gasps> which is huge. Everything had to be sold, including the poor old dog, Beppo. But the amount of drink that was to be sold was 30 dozen bottles of wine. That's 360 bottles of wine. So how many parties do you have to have to to drink all those? Uh, And he did things like persuading people to sign 
uh, for loans for him. Oh, yeah. Which, of course, you'll never be required to. And that was the poor Miss Plews. She was the most, she was enthralled. That's how she was described it. Enthralled she, to him. She was a good woman. She was a convert. She believed in her religion. She wanted to do good. And she ended up in his clutches. But of course, then he went to America and he did exactly yeah. the but same thing But he left again. women behind Stony Broke. Oh, that totally. he had robbed. Oh, absolutely. Miss Plews ended up in a convent, living in a convent. She eventually became a nun, but she had no money. The others that uh, were around him, yet again, no money at all. But he had no conscience. Now, what happened to him when he went to America? It's unlikely that he changed his way. Well, the Pope was quoted as saying, why doesn't he go and hide in America? And Capel had no intention of hiding in America. I mean, there was one classic case. Like the, the, he ended up in New York. The Cardinal and the Archbishop could see him coming. They weren't impressed at all. They had what you might call spies out in the city and they got word of it was the New York police inspectors and superintendents gala ball held at Delmonico's. Just over about 200 guests, they drank 600 bottles of wine, of which Capel seemed to drink an awful lot. And uh, there was an eyewitness there who wrote to the two lads and said, I have never seen a man so drunk in my entire life as Monsignor Capel. And then Monsignor Capel compounds it by writing an excuse to the two lads and says, um, it was the smoke that done it. It went to my head. I forgot what I was going to say. And I'm, I'm very sorry. Um, when yourself and Colin were researching this, I, I mean, it's so rich in detail. Mm. There's got to be a lot of stuff there that you've discovered. And yet... No one's heard of him. No one has heard of him, but that was deliberate. That was because in England, they didn't want the scandal coming out and the newspapers were very obedient. They didn't publish anything. It was slightly different in America. They weren't quite so taken by Monsignor Capel. There was a great story uh, popped up in the newspapers when he went to Cincinnati and he charmed this woman, Alice Bowler, and she gave him a $1,000, a lot of money at the time, a $1,000 cheque, um, for Peter's Pence, the Pope's charity. And the cheque, as it usually did in America, came back to her. And she found out that it had been cashed in Tiffany's Jewellers in New York. (laughs) And she was curious. She wanted to know what what had he spent the $1,000 on. And it turned out to have been a diamond bracelet. So the man had class, to be fair Mm. to him. But for whom? But for whom? Absolutely. That's that's the question. Um, I mean, finishing this without Colm. Oh, it was very sad. Yeah. Very sad, because this is the fun part. This is where we go and, you know, tell people, uh, mm. you know, about all the work that we put into it. Those hours and hours of looking at Victorian handwriting and trying to figure out what the hell they said. You know, this yeah. is the peak of it. But uh, Well, uh, he would be very proud of, of the publication of the book, uh, which is uh, published by Capel... Pure coincidence. Pure coincidence. Pure coincidence, yeah. Because it's all about Monsignor Capel. It's called The Monsignor, The Man, His Mistresses and The Missing Money by uh, the late Colm Keane, great friend and colleague, and Una O'Hagan. Una, uh, great having you in the studio and uh, best of luck with the book. Terrific, absolutely. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.